We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Abner Mares is a world champion boxer, Olympian, sports commentator, and most importantly, a dad to two little girls. Beloved by abuelas and hardcore fans alike, Abner is a pro at entertaining the world both in and out of the ring. On Blue Wire's new podcast, On the Hook with Abner Mares, we'll hear from Abner, his family, fellow athletes, and other people who made him the boxer and the man he is. They chat about topics like the current state of boxing, Abner's American dreams, sports, music, culture, and family life. So make sure to listen to On the Hook with Abner Mares wherever you get your podcasts. Episodes come out in English on Tuesdays, and they also then drop in Spanish on Wednesdays. So be sure to pick up whichever one you speak primarily, or both if you want to show off that you're extra cool and bilingual. NBA Most Valuable Player, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis trailing the lob. And now, welcome to the Eurostep, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast, proudly a part of the aforementioned Blue Wire Podcast Network. I am Ty Windish. I am here, as always, with the unbelievable Rohan Kadi, and we are here to talk about Bucks, Bigs, and then later on, Culver's. Not my best adjective, and you know what, Rohan? I have a story for you. Okay, I like story time. I was dishing up some some leftover chili for lunch today. We're just starting this podcast, Super Wisconsin, and I, I spilled some chili. I don't know why this is. This is, it really has nothing to do with the story, but I spilled some Channeling chili. your inner Kevin. That's <laughs> truly. I, luckily, like just like I was stirring it like halfway through the reheating, and I just like stirred it too aggressively, and something mm. flew out at me. It's like the least athletic thing you've ever. You could even imagine. I messed up stirring hot chili, semi hot chili. 
And as I go to spill it, I was like thinking of an adjective and I was like, oh, this would be good to describe Rohan. Then I was like, you know what? No, I refuse. I will not compromise my ideals and plan anything out ahead of time. I don't remember what the adjective was. I know I didn't use it because it was better than unbelievable. But that's why I just had unbelievable for you today is because I steadfastly refuse to cheat. So please accept my mediocrity and be no, proud. No, I accept. It's great. I respect the hustle. I respect it. Yeah. But anyway, how are you? I'm doing okay. Uh, I was just watching a uh, great mixtape of the chosen son, Principal Singh, uh, who's signed with the G League Select team, apparently. Uh, so yeah, shout out India, I guess. So you're now more familiar with 2021 draft prospects than 2020 draft prospects is what I'm gathering from this. That is correct. Hey, we're talking Bucks bigs. We're talking future Bucks bigs right now. <laughs> Guy's 6'10". He, his shot looks terrible. It's so oh, slow. It'll but, fit in. <laughs> yeah, it'll fit in just right. Um, it'll probably more of a legit player than Simbular, who we were. People, honestly, we should. If we ever do a premium pod, we won't have to record or like meet for any other content. We'll just record what we talk about. Before just as soon as we get in the call. Yeah, just like click record immediately. And we, we like sashay through so many different, it's like, now we're just teasing the people. We're going to want people to, I mean, we're not going to record it. It's our personal time. Please respect our privacy. But like I mentioned, we're here to talk about Bucks, big men. Uh, we are counting Giannis Tedekumpo as one of those. So I think he's probably the logical place to start here. I want you to go first, Rohan. Give me your analysis and grades for the Greek freak. So, Coming off of already, like, he was the reigning MVP last season, but he fell short, lost in the conference finals. I know, like, team did, but in terms of Giannis and his legacy, it's him. It's him losing. So he was the reigning MVP coming into this season. And like he told the crowd uh, as he was accepting his MVP trophy in Milwaukee, he said, don't call me the MVP till I win it again next year. And my God, this guy won MVP again. In... And he managed to improve across the board, even though he was averaging less minutes per game. Let's not, let's, we, don't, we don't really need to touch on that, I guess. Um, but in the 18-19 season, in 32.8 minutes per game, he was averaging like 27.7 points, um, a, a terrible 25.6% from three, 12.5 rebounds, like six assists, uh, less than four turnovers. And... In the 1920 season, in only 30.4 minutes per game, only could be taken multiple ways, uh, he put out 29.5 points, uh, improved his three-point shooting. He's actually in the 30s now, 30.4% from three, uh, 13.6 rebounds. His assists actually went down for the first time in his career to 5.6, same amount of turnovers. And he just, he actually improved across the board. We we really should not be shocked at this point that he managed to improve uh, coming into this season, considering he's done it every single year of his career up to this point, and it's still going. But it's wild that this this guy went MVP, and he managed to come out and you know just improve, and oh yeah, also win Defensive Player of the Year as well. Yeah, nice little addition to the trophy case. So actually, if you look at his per thirty six. He's improved on points and rebounds every single season of his career. Um, assists, the last three, he's gotten better. So there's basically one lone year. He went from 4.4 to 5.5, then back down to 4.7, and then it came up to 6.5 and 6.6. So he was 
0.1 assists per 36 minutes better than last season. Uh, he just obviously played less minutes, which I think you already subtly alluded to. We're just not going to cover that particular issue in this podcast. Um, I think we've said plenty about how we feel about certain coaching decisions made uh, by the Milwaukee Bucks. But uh, you can go back and listen to, I think... Basically our, any podcast after the postseason. Any, and any of the, like, the, uh, the like directly post-game oh, yeah, pods. Yeah, those two. I think the, I think it's now our most listened to pod ever. Bubble Bucks Bubbles Burst by Budenholzer. I think that one kind of... <laughs> it was honestly, the title. It was the, the title. title. Yeah, the title kind of tells the story. And yeah, I do think it's a very clickable title. Um, so yeah, actually, I have interesting grades for Giannis. Uh, as I said, I didn't give anyone an A+, just because of how poorly the playoff run ended. And I'll clarify this every time I say this. No, last time we were talking about Chris, this time Giannis. But no, I'm not saying that player lost them, you know, the second round or whatever. It's just, as a unit, I think they all, in those moments, I, I don't think anyone acquitted themselves, especially uh, wonderfully as part of their five-game collapse against Miami. Overall, I gave Giannis an A, though, as close as you can get to an A+. Uh, again, my rule, I'm just not giving out A-pluses for this year. And versus expectations, see, I'm so torn here because on the one hand, like you so wonderfully described, he improved pretty much every facet of his game, especially in the regular season, bringing home a trifecta of awards. I think it's only been done twice before in the regu- in, in NBA history of DPOI, MVP, and I guess Correct. first team all NBA. But it's the, the, the DPOI and the MVP are the two that have Hakeem and Jordan. Twice. Yeah, it's a pretty good company. But the difference... So far, Giannis is obviously so early in his career, but the difference is those two guys were able to elevate their games in the postseason and win championships. Giannis was not able to elevate his game in the postseason this year, and it's kind of unfair, I think, for these grades that you know we kind of have a sore taste in our mouths after how poorly the playoffs went. And Giannis was still very, very good in the postseason. I mean, per game, we're talking about 26.7 points, 13.8 rebounds, 5.7 assists, 3.3 turnovers. Again, 30.8 minutes per game, even in the playoffs. And those numbers are dragged down because he got hurt in one game. But he did play. Um, uh, never mind. But yeah. Um, but I gave him an A- minus for expectations just because. And this is going to sound, it probably sounds unfair. It really didn't seem like he had made refinements to his game to address the wall until like very early in the last game he played before he ended up, you know, retweaking that ankle. Um, and that was really just like hitting some passes and being extra aggressive really early in that game. And it was just disappointing to see like, you know, the, the mid range abandoned him slash he didn't feel comfortable using him. Like the post up wasn't really there for him. The threes like sort of fell, but really didn't fall. It was just, and it's again, it's partially a team thing, partially a honest thing, but he just simply wasn't good enough in that playoff series against Miami. And I felt like I had to give him an A minus just because when you're, they have the expectations of being, this two-time reigning MVP, you got to do a little bit better than that with, you know, the whole, the season on the line. Yeah, that's fair. Um, It's just like, that point you made was really good. It was just, he didn't really make the adjustments that he said he was necessarily going to. I feel like- The guy had dreams of Mark Gasol. that's, That's the quote I was about to bring up. That's what he said over the summer. He kept having nightmares about Mark Gasol and nothing really changed. Nothing really changed, and I don't know if that's that's partially on him, that's partially on the entire team. 
like he was still he was still really good even against Miami per 36 he was putting up 26.4 points uh 13 and a half rebounds six and a half assists uh he was somehow ended up being plus minus is weird but he was still putting up like monster numbers against even against Miami um like accounting for the time that he missed due to injury so it's kind of hard to say that he necessarily let the team down it's I feel like I feel like he was doing his best and the team let him down but he could have put the team in a better better position to win if that makes any sense here's here's the here's the stats from the full games he played and again it's sort of unfair because game four against Miami was shaping up to be his best by far um, he scored 19 points in 11 and a half minutes and shot 80 percent from the field but Game one, and again, obviously these first three are all losses because the Bucks lost in five. Game one, he has 18 points and 10 rebounds in 36 minutes. Game two, 29 points, 14 rebounds, and three assists in 35 minutes. Game one, he had nine assists. Uh, and game three, 21 points, 16 boards, nine assists in 34 minutes. Um, and the, the Bucks lost all three games. And Giannis was a negative. Like They lost his minutes. He wasn't a negative, but they lost his minutes. Uh, in all three games. And in game one, he shoots 33% from free throw, misses eight free throws in a game they lose by 11. Uh, he misses four in game two, a game that the Bucks lose by two. And he misses five in game three, although they lost that one by 15, so it really wasn't even close. But uh, in that game, he also shot 33% from the field. So you look at all these games, like what, like you said, no, he wasn't terrible. I mean, he has nine assists in two of the three games. He has 29 and 14 in the other one. But I don't know, like... And it's silly to quantify these things as like just strictly numbers. I mean, I've watched them all, of course. We podcasted right after him. I wouldn't say he was necessarily good enough in, in any of these games. But even just simply looking at the numbers, I mean, like low low high teens or low 20s points for Giannis for a full game, it's just not enough. And it's like you can totally say like that's a crazy expectation tie. Like that's unfair. Again, two-time reigning MVP. Like – that puts you in the best in the league conversation by default because that's literally the award you won for the regular season performances two years in a row. So you kind of have to be expected to play like that kind of player in the postseason. And against a real opponent in Miami, Giannis just wasn't able to do it. So certainly left a foul taste in the mouth just for a season as a whole, which is a shame. Um, I don't, I'm not on this like, there's this weird revisionist movement now to like take away postseason awards or regular season awards from anyone who didn't play well in the postseason. Like, how could Lawrence Frank be exec- – first off, who cares about executive of the year? But how could Lawrence Don't Frank disrespect, be executive? Don't disrespect 2018-19 executive of the year, John Horst, like that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, my bad, my bad. Um, but, like, how could he possibly have won it? Like, that looks so stupid. It's like, well, yeah, now it does because things change. But it was Just a regular season Just announce the award. awards after the regular season. It's not they, that hard. They they absolutely need to do that, and it would help a lot. Oh, they but, used to. <laughs> yeah, they totally – they need to get back to doing that. But, like – there is an award for the best player in the play. It's called Finals MVP, and LeBron won, and he deserved it. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't it's so weird to me that we can't differentiate these things anymore. Um, but he deserved all the awards he got. I mean, he's absolutely tremendous all season long. But again, like, second year in a row, and I think this year it was even more pronounced, he was not good enough and not well equipped enough. And of course, we've both, we both said it. You know, it's on both sides. You know, the Bucks weren't like perfectly rolling, and he just let them down. He was still the best player on the team. But he also wasn't good enough. And that's kind of a weird paradigm and an unfortunate situation. It would be really nice if one party was good enough so we could more easily identify like the flaws with the other. 
But that's just what it's been like in these two last postseason series losses for the Bucks. So still A minus. Again, you can't completely throw out all the great things Giannis did and even some of the good things he did in the playoffs, but clearly like was not as good as I think. And I think he would be the first to tell you he wasn't as good as he should have been. Yeah, that's fair. Overall, I did give him an A+. plus. He was the MVP and the Defensive Player of the Year. Like, fair. Overall, comparing him to like a general NBA player, A+. Plus. Like, there's there's yeah. not a doubt in my mind about that one. Uh, he might have been uh, the best player in the league, you know? Yeah, for 70-whatever games. Yeah, and that's good 73. enough for me. 73. Yeah, Good enough fair. for me. Uh, for the expectations, I gave him... I was teetering between B+, plus and A-. minus. I might go B plus because it's kind of giving me a sour taste in my mouth right now. Yeah. But it's just, it's so disappointing that there was no real improvement in terms of postseason play. That's what really disappointed me. Because there was clear improvement in the regular season. There were clear refinements made, just not in the postseason. That's that's why it, it it's kind of like like you said you still amazing you still great you still the best player on the team, it just him being the best player on the team wasn't good enough. No, and I I really think there's got to be some soul searching on both parties. I don't know if he should be playing with a center anymore, just the way that he's been playing. Like I I don't know I don't know. This is a conversation for a different day, but um, yeah I don't know. There's this I don't know. It's just like the fit in the playoffs. It's just very weird sometimes. But regardless. Let's let's move on. Uh, we could probably we probably will do a whole Giannis pod at some point and just dive really really deep into Giannis. But for now, we have five other big guys to talk yes, about. Yes, we I'll do. Be, I think a lot of them are going to be pretty quick. But let's go to Brook Lopez, um, the first of two low low bros. Low pie, low pie. Overall, I gave him B pluses all around, um, and it was it was really weird to grade Brook Lopez because like offensively, definitely his worst year as a buck out of two, just because the, the threes didn't fall all regular season. Although they, they did fall in the playoffs, I think almost 40%, but 31.4% he shot pie in the regular season from deep, which really cost the bucks in some games, but also like an all defense player and, and everything else. So great defensive impact. Um, the shooting was hit or miss, but he found ways to contribute on offense. I just thought, you know, he showed up and, and did what you would hope he would do, and I was glad he got his recognition for being a great defender this season. Yeah, it's just I gave him a I gave him a I gave him a B. Because in terms of overall, because he like you said, his three point shooting just fell off a cliff. Yeah. <laughs> like he he took less attempts, his percentage went all the way down. But he did manage to like still keep out the scoring output by, you know, going back to the the block and sort of working down there a little bit and getting to the free throw line a little more. It's just the reason that he was so good in year one was because of his floor spacing, realistically, because of what that opened up for the rest of the team. Him not being as much of a floor spacer as he was the year before, really, I feel kind of kind of hampered Giannis and Bledsoe a little bit because it, it, it clogs it up a little bit. But he was still good. He was still serviceable. He still spaced the floor a little bit in terms of gravity. And he could get you a bucket if you really needed to. So that's why I gave him a B. It wasn't, it wasn't fantastic, but, you know, it was still pretty good. Yeah, I think what really hurts is, like, normally a shooting drop-off. So a guy will go from, like, 38 39% to, like, 
34%. So like above average to like sub average, but not crazy. 31.4% is really just in the cellar. Yeah. It's bad. So B plus honestly might've been a little generous to Brooke. I think kind of the opposite of, of the Giannis effect is I kind of boosted him because I really felt like, especially in that game five and really throughout the playoffs, like even as I questioned like fit concerns and everything else, I really thought he gave it all and, and was one of the few guys to show up in pretty much every playoff game, at least from what I remember. Um, and that really meant something. There to me. aren't going to be games where he doesn't show up. That's the type of player he is. Exactly. I mean, it, he, he, he goes to the playoffs from his average of 12 points per game in the regular season. He puts up 15.8 points, 5.5 rebounds, uh, one steal, 1.3 blocks per game in the playoffs, shooting 53% from the field, 39% from three, and only 75% from deep, but it's a pretty small sample. He shoots 65% from two. He made more of his twos than Giannis did uh, in the in the postseason. So I just I, don't, I really appreciated that he leveled up his game in the playoffs despite some fit concerns and, and whatever else with Brooke and I don't know. He acquitted himself very well when it mattered the most. So I gave him the bump, even even if in the regular season his shot was deteriorated a bit. Yeah, I gave him a B plus for expectations because again yeah. he sort of he, he fell off a little bit, but he was still he was still always there. And I don't know. These are all just subjective, but I feel like he, he did he did well, but he he could have been he could have been better. I think he pretty clearly like especially with the playoff run and the bubble run pretty clearly cemented himself as the third best buck on that team. Correct. There's no doubt about it. And it wasn't like in a sad way of like everybody else played terrible. Like he was just better than anybody else to wear the uniform. Yes. No, I have no, I have no qualms with that. So let's get to the second low bro. I think even though I probably wouldn't normally list him here, we kind of go by importance. I think it makes sense to group them together though. I don't know how long. Weird season. Yeah. Overall or for this player? Uh for for Robin. I don't know why I said for this player. Yeah, I was like, really was confused. Suspense. I was like, we already we already could be anyone. talked about who we're talking about. Wait till you find out which Lopez brother we're talking <laughs> about now. Yeah, I guess my number one note though with Robin was like he really didn't do much. He didn't do he didn't have a role on this team. Like which is weird considering that he when the signing was like announced and like made public and stuff all the comments were just like oh we can have a lopez twin out there for 48 minutes a game we're just you you aren't gonna you aren't gonna score on this team he's gonna be shooting threes a lot it's gonna be great he's gonna just be like another brook lopez okay he's another brook lopez that just sits on the ground so (laughs) i like that you 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 were factual you didn't say on the bench you said on the ground do you know where Robin Lo- and don't spoil it if you do, but do you know where Robin Lopez ranks among bucks and minutes played per game? I don't know off like I don't have it in front of me. If I give, were to give guess, me a guess in terms of minutes per game, well, I know I know his minutes per game, but in terms of oh, I want to say like sixth, seventh, thirteenth. Oh wow, thirteenth. So here is a list of players in order who played more minutes per game than than Robin Lopez. Giannis, Chris, Bledsoe. Duh. Brooke Lopez and Wes Matthews. Okay, the other starters. Dante DiVincenzo and George Hill. Okay, the main bench guards. Marvin Williams. Okay, not the whole season, but when he came in, he, he played more. Uh, Pat Connaughton is ninth. Kyle Korver is 10th. We're at 16.6 now. Ersan Ilyasova is 11th at 15.7. 
Sterling Brown is 12th. Oh, my 14. God. 14.8 minutes per game, despite starting four less games than Robin. So Robin gets the boost of being a starter four more times. Um, Robin did play more total minutes, so Sterling played 52 games. Robin Lopez played 66. But still, Sterling Brown, 14.8 minutes per game. Robin Lopez, 14.5 minutes per game. A wild stat. Robin is 13th. Then you get Frank Mason, Dragon Bender, DJ Wilson, and finally Tenacious Antetokounmpo in last. But just an absolutely nutty number. And even even with the expectation of like he's not going to overlap with Brook much despite the fun preseason thing, they combine to play like under 32 or under 42 minutes per game. So like the Bucks would just go centerless often and, and not worry about it or play more Giannis at center or whatever. And I guess like that is kind of a logical thing when you think about like, you know, Giannis' center lineups do deserve more looks. What does that say about the minutes your centers get? But like, I think Robin Lopez is a lot better than most of the, not most, but plenty of the players who played more minutes per game than him. And it does feel like a little bit of a failure to, to use an exception. Granted, not a great one, but an exception nonetheless to bring in a guy who I think is like a legit, like a good backup center. He, like I, he would be a starting center on some teams. I, like I a totally solid agree. Start, starting center. I think he is yeah, like... Yeah, he was in Chicago. I think like, you know, baseball has like wins above replacement. I would guess Robin is like replacement. Maybe just a little bit better. Like he's just like... As a starter, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Like like among centers. Like okay. he's just completely average. Like if you have a... Like the, the next worst center is just below average. The next better center is just slightly above average. Then there's Robin Lopez. Like the average-ish NBA center which is like pretty good guy to have on your team as, as a backup center. It's kind of a failure that they used a resource to get him and he, he can play and they just really did not use him. And then in the playoffs, I mean, my God, do you know how many total minutes Robin Lopez played in the playoffs? Um, I don't know the total minutes, unfortunately. What is 21? Oh God. He appeared in three games and played 21 total minutes. So Kyle Corver played 119 total minutes. Ersan Ilyasova played 23 total minutes. Robin Lopez, 12th in total minutes in the playoffs. Like, literally a non-factor. And just like a bummer. Cause I, like, like we said, he can play. He can play. Is it, now that I'm thinking about it, is it one of those things where it's like you sign him just so another team doesn't have him? I think, no, I think mostly, honestly, and this is, this is sort of a little unfair to criticize it without this lens, they were getting ready for Philly. Yeah. I think that was the point of Robin Lopez. And I, and I totally, I, I think I, I guess I justified not really playing him in the playoffs too. But I think the bigger sin is like getting a guy you only were really going to use in one playoff series. And again, like resources are very, very finite. Maybe you could have gotten a wing or a ball handler with that exception. Um, but they got Robin Lopez and just didn't See, proceed like the, to use him. The them. thing is what killed them last year was not really having a backup center. Yeah, I totally agree. So they went or, and got Or not ever figuring out how to use Giannis as such. It's fair. So I guess like, I mean, at a total, you know, total, uh, you know, hindsight. Hindsight's twenty twenty here. Captain Hindsight is me. But like right now it just looks kind of weird that like they didn't figure out or know that they were going to rely more on Giannis at center. Like get a guy for the minimum. And try to use that exception somewhere. It's a small. It was like four point five million, but still, like it, it lured Robin Lopez. Maybe it could have lured somebody else. Um, but he just ended up doing nothing. Like pretty much, literally nothing, which is a bummer. And maybe in the Embiid series, if it happened, it would have been a big deal. Who knows? 
Um, but yeah, he was basically just big insurance, and like they he, never... he was good. Like he was one of the top-rated rim protectors this season. Like he, when he did play, yeah, yeah, he was good on the defensive end, and even offensively, you'd have those spinning hooks and stuff. You could rely on that for like a couple buckets a night, like every couple nights, I guess. <laughs> but it just he didn't he didn't find a role. I think the the Bucks brought him in to be like another Brooke Lopez, like I said earlier. But they realized as the season happened, it's like, we don't need another Brooke Lopez. That doesn't <laughs> like, really fit. We, we barely need the one sometimes. Yeah. So what what do you do with Robin? Yeah. <laughs> you, you just plop him on the ground. Yeah, it was very very strange. Very strange in retrospect how it worked out. And it's, you'd rather Great have personality, him though. Yeah. Fantastic. I mean, Great teammate, great dude. Um, super fun to have both the low bros. My favorite, I, just it, it, the thing, like he just when he's celebrating on the bench because you know he's uh, sitting on the ground, he yeah. just he just falls over. It's amazing. <laughs> like he just flails his arms out and just like lies down. And we do we have to give some respect to tea time here. Phenomenal oh, yes. celebration. Yes, incredible celebration. You you can't find a better three point celebration than that. No. Absolutely not. So I've gone back and forth. On his .5 made threes per game in the regular season. (laughs) He shot 33%, better than Brooke in the regular season. Um, I gave Robin a – I don't know if this makes sense the way I did it. I gave him a B-plus for his overall because I think when he did play, he was good. He was good. I I gave him a C-plus for expectations. I I gave him a C for expectations. He he was just nowhere to be found. He just – and that's like – it's not his fault, but it's just the way it is. Yeah. Like that's that's what happened. Like if he like if he actually did have a role on this team, I'm sure he would, he would have been great. And who knows? He might he might be back next season. I think he has a. Is it a player option? I believe it's a player option. So, he might be back. He might not. Who knows? But I don't know if he comes back. I don't know if he's gonna have a role. Or maybe they figure it out. Who knows? Uh, I don't know. I, I guess I guess a lot. I mean, depends on. And I guess this is kind of a tease, but. There's been some crazy, and these are not reported, but like some crazy mock trades thrown around Bucks Twitter. I mean, Robin might opt in just for financial security. There's a lot of centers hitting free agency, and no one knows what the cap is going to be. If the Bucks were to trade Brooke Lopez in some sort of a big mega deal, again, no idea what this would be. But if that happens, right, and Robin opts in, and the goal is to use Giannis as a center more, a la AD and Bam out of bio, Robin Lopez might be the starter in 2020-21 season, and, or I guess just 2021 season, except he still would play like 20 minutes a game, and there would just be a lot more, especially in the playoffs. The Maker Memorial start. Or really like the, Dwight, the JaVale McGee. I mean, he's much better than JaVale, but like that's basically the role. Yeah. Slash Dwight. Like both of those guys rolled into one. So the, I, I see that very specific universe where he could start for the Bucks next year. Um, but yeah, it's a good player who just didn't really do anything. Yeah, it's 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 an unfortunate casualty of the rotation. Yeah, that's really um, all I can say about it. Yeah, he basically he had a break this season, and sports Rohan also had a break recently. But your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Luckily, Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, 
Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, including sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. So go, if you need a position filled, use that sponsored jobs tool. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed will get you that hire you need, just as they have for more than 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering Eurostep listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer anyway. Anywhere, excuse me. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid for December 31st. Bucks, if you're listening, you have like two plus months to list that head coaching job with a free $75 credit. Go ahead and save some cash. Anyway, the wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season, unlike the New York Jets. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at signup at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. I'm so mad you were muted during my box joke. <laughs> had, had to take that water break. I know, I totally get it. Um, <laughs> um, oh, we're halfway done. Uh, we have wild. We did the ad break at the halfway mark. Uh, probably not of the actual, but we'll see. <laughs> Actually, it probably has to be. Yeah. We're going to be at like a four-hour episode, um, which you never know with us. But Marvin Williams. Speaking of, you never know. So former so NBA tw- player Marvin Williams, unfortunately. Yeah, this one hurt. His retirement. I mean, and the grade really, because like. As much as I love Marvin Williams, and listeners will know, 30.8% from deep in the regular season, and then a whopping... 43 and a half. Oh, he hit him in the playoffs. At least. Yeah, well, on 2.3 attempts per game. Yeah, 23 total attempts. So, wasn't really the shooter that, that we had all hoped. I mean, I think his number from the corners has been crazy over his career. Never really materialized as a buck, but his defense was a lot better than I expected. I think... For like a typical buyout market guy, still pretty damn good. Although like Markeith Morris was also very good, and I didn't really expect that. So, not the best buyout signing that I thought it was at the time. Yeah, it's just you couldn't ask for much more, especially like let's let's be honest, a buyout guy that's going to come to Milwaukee instead of the LA teams. <laughs> exactly. You know, so originally I think what was the what was the reporting? Uh, Kemba thought he got him to come to Boston. Yeah, it was it was contentious. It was close between the two teams. Yeah, I think he found out through a reporter, like post game, uh, Kemba did that. Oh, uh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Marvin Sutton with Milwaukee. He was like, I gotta call him. <laughs> and so it, it was it was nice to see him go. Great great person from what it seems like. Uh, just he had a good presence on Milwaukee. I know that's not like quantifiable or anything, but he just he seemed to be like a stabilizing force for like a bench unit. I'll never forget the fight. The f- oh yeah, best moment, best moment of the Bucks playoff run. The fight. Yep. Who was it with? I'm tra- Was it Ross? 
Yeah, no. it was. It was, was it Terrence Ross? I think it was Terrence Ross. <sighs> Better days. Yeah, they both got ejected. It was, it was fantastic. Uh, yeah, that was game three against Orlando. Yeah. Oh, no, it was James Ennis. James oh, Ennis. It, yep, me. James Ennis. Yes. James Ennis, yep. Yes. I, I knew, yeah, because they... <laughs> the the official pronounced his name way wrong. James Enos. Oh yeah, he was like I have no. <laughs> you have no idea who this guy. Is. <laughs> oh. uh, random random thought. Just whenever I think of James Ennis, I think of that random dunk he had when he plays when he played for Miami like a couple years back. It was like the first game of the season. He just absolutely posterized someone. I don't even think I remember. I'll have to pull this up later. I don't think I remember this dunk. It was it was incredible. It was like a behind the back in transition like poster. That's like, I feel the, like that's the essence of James Ennis. Right? First like, week of the season, it was against the Wizards. I don't know why I, I know this. I feel but, like he's very sporadically incredible, like very sporadically. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the I guess Orlando that's probably Magic experience. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Magic signed all the guys like that to like forty million dollar contracts and just hope for the best. Yeah hoping that all at one time they would all experience those uh, moments but unfortunately they they don't experience it all at once and then you just get a random good player for like uh once every four games and they don't line up and then your team just sucks but yeah i don't know why i just got mad at the orlando magic <laughs> uh, but, but yeah marvin williams uh he he never really fit in yeah yeah, he looked lost on. I mean, I don't want to blame him necessarily, um, but it kind I mean, of. He on got him. signed and then the world shut down. Yeah, I mean that doesn't help. But yeah, yeah, on offense he just looked out of place a lot. Yeah, it, it was tough. It was one of those where like my first note for him on this season was like, if only the shot fell, I think it would have been a lot better off. Then if only he had taken some in the playoffs, and I still think he probably should have played more in the postseason just because of the, the defense on wings that he provides, but. Yeah, I don't know. It just it it did feel like a little underwhelming. Yeah, it just it seemed like there was more to be had and it just like the potential wasn't realized for him on this team. Like the ideal I think his ideal role is him at the 4 with Giannis at the 5. And we yeah. didn't really see that lineup used very often at all. So, I, I we saw it towards the end like in the playoff run, but we never really saw it consistently. And again, uh, if you're not doing it consistently, how are the players supposed to know what to do? But that's another point. But you're, you're, you're feeling this lately in your heart. I can tell. It's just, we've had time to think. So, <laughs> it's just like in terms of overall, I'd say I gave him a, I gave him a B minus. I said C plus. I was being, I was feeling generous. Yeah. I, I like Marvin Williams. In I terms of expectations, I gave him a C minus. See, I, I I actually had B down, but I think I, I do. I'm just going to put C. Because I don't know. My expectations is like you should never expect that much of a, out of a buyout guy. But as I think back, I was actually very excited. You know what? You won a C minus. You won me all the way over. C minus for expectations. C plus for overall. It's just he it, the role never really materialized. That's That's all I could really say. Yeah, he was like. Tall West Matthews, but if West Matthews didn't get to play, so like tall West Matthews against Miami. So a different player. Oh, it's pretty similar. <laughs> pretty similar. Let so, me have this. So I was not, trying to take a so not was, West Matthews. <laughs> I guess. I mean just taller. Whatever. Whatever. You know what? No. Whatever. Marvin Williams is a little bit disappointing. Speaking of disappointing, we really are ending just on a heat check of disappointment. 
Ursan Ilyasova. <laughs> I'm just I'm staring at his face right now in the profile Ersan's. pic for the like NBA stats page, and he's just looking at me all smug. <laughs> he does very very yeah. I just pulled him up. I'm on B ball ref. Uh, very confident player. Um, he always comes in and does the same thing, no matter what. The thing just isn't that good anymore. <laughs> he's getting older. He does uh, Ursan stuff. He does he he does Ursan stuff for uh how how much in the regular season? He does Ursan stuff for uh 15.7 minutes per game in the regular season. And just I'm looking at his career stats right now. He just has like chunks. So like from 16, 17 to like 17, 18, so those like two seasons where he played for like five different teams. <laughs> Literally five different teams or four different teams. He just averaged around 10 points. And then the last two years with Milwaukee, around seven points. And then before that, chunk around 11. Uh, they just all very simple. He just has chunks of his career. And right now he's in the, I don't know if this is the bad chunk. I don't that, think there's going to impl- be another good chunk. That, that implies that the other ones are good. <laughs> Um, former sought after for you. And actually you said he's, five. So this, he saved this, Philly. He did save Philly. There's, there's five different like segments over two years for Ursan and B-ball ref for different teams. But during that time, he only actually played for three different teams. OKC, Philly, Atlanta, Atlanta, Philly. Um, pretty actually. Yeah. Three different teams. Um, I don't Is that even, how was that possibly he played for Philly, then Atlanta and then, Stay so he, and then the Atlanta thing was Philly? throughout. The Atlanta thing was throughout, like the end of one season through the middle of another season. Yeah, no, but like, could you sign back with another team? I thought there were rules against that. Uh, they probably waited a year and then traded him. Huh? Because they never got cut. So I, yeah, I, there's there's stuff. There are rules like that. Um, but it had been a while, so I I don't even remember Ursan playing three games. Total, but twenty more than twenty minutes per game with OKC. Oh, I remember that. And then goes to Philly, and then Atlanta, and then he's I in just Atlanta love how for he's quite in a while. Milwaukee for like three uh, different stints. No, for what was it? Eight years at first, or something? No, well, so one year at first, and then he goes to Spain for two years. Oh, yep. And then he plays six straight seasons. And then it's going Detroit, to Detroit, Atlanta, OKC, Philly, Atlanta, Philly, and then back to Milwaukee, where it all started. Uh, that's got to be like up there for like the most, you know, like trade slash signing somewhere else in free agency, but the least amount of teams. Yeah, that's it. Because it's just the same couple teams just rotating. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, still does his Ursan stuff. It's just gradually worse every single year. Um, and he, the, he didn't the even thing... lead the league in charges this year. Yeah, no, that's that's a really, that's a huge. That's how you know he's watched. Yeah. I think really though, like the way that part of him getting part of it's him getting older part of it is like the way the game is going like 10 years ago he probably could have been a power forward for a couple more years and like hit some mid-rangers he's a good rebounder um but yeah he gets like the, five a possession yeah exactly his own stats exactly it's a smart play man you don't stay in the league this long with that little mobility for He'll no miss reason wide open tippins on purpose to get another rebound um, never trust stats, folks. Only trust the Euro step. But um, the way the game has changed, though, like power forwards are just too athletic now. Uh, and we saw it in the playoffs, especially last season. So I just think like his utility has become very, very, very limited 
if a team goes four out against Ursan, he's pretty much done. Like he's not going to hang with, with most players uh, on the perimeter at all. So yeah, I, I think I just gave him two C's. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Overall, I gave him a D. Yeah, that's fair. It's not I that mean, good. No, he is like an okay. okay maybe role maybe player. a D's. Too. I'll go back to a C. Like he wasn't unplayable in the regular season. He, he just wasn't very good. Yeah, he wasn't good. He, he was he was an NBA player, so I guess he passes. I guess C minus. Yeah, I wouldn't say it was average. It's it's tough. C yeah, minus. I'm thinking way too hard about this. Yeah, C minus works. I'm just gonna go with C minuses for both. Yep. Ursan. He certainly didn't overwhelm my expectations. No, my goodness. Well, it, actually, he met my expectations. So, <laughs> I mean, I wasn't expecting him to be like a world beater or anything. So, I was <laughs> expecting him to be Ursan. Ursan's third team All NBA this year. I can <laughs> feel it. He's breaking through. <laughs> After 11 years, allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> he said, "Chris has got nothing on me." <laughs> Allegedly. Imagine imagine Ursan uh, comes back next year. Like they, they guarantee him. And he just like he just goes off and like makes like first team all NBA. What if he no, what if he goes somewhere else? It's like a change of scenery thing, like Ursan signs. What if he goes in, to like the Western Conference and it becomes yeah. unlocked? He <laughs> signs in the West for the second time. Um OKC didn't keep him for long enough. He goes to Sacramento and is like 24, 5, and 5. He just collects all the Infinity Stones. <laughs> the Kings get rid of Bielitsa to get him, and everyone decries them, and he's like, he puts up five, five triple doubles. Oh, my God. I would buy an Ursan Kings jersey if he put up you five would, triple doubles. You would have to. I would. I would do it 100%. And he makes... Just... I think I think the world would and the world's already shut down, but I think the world... <laughs> like, NBA circles would just collapse. Yeah, I, I some people probably think he's good just from like remembering him as a buyout guy and never really watching the teams he's on. But yeah, I think they would. He was actually fifth best three point shooter by percentage this year on the Milwaukee Bucks. So that says a lot about a lot of things. <laughs> he was the fifth best guy in a bad shooting team. Yes, and second was Dragon Bender. So uh, I guess we didn't. I didn't think about Dragon. Uh, he only played seven games. Didn't end the season on the team. A pluses across the board. Bring him back. It's definitely A pluses for expectations. Probably like a solid C plus for actual uh, A plus play. overall. Um, really good in the G League. I would love to see him back. I think he's. It sounds from the reporting I've seen that he's open to coming back to the Didn't states. Did he so sign we'll with Tel Aviv? Yeah, but it's a short term thing. Oh, okay. So he would be able to go back to the NBA when it opens up. So he's this like in a meantime sort of deal. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, Dragon high marks though. Yeah. No, for sure. Um, now, now we have to we have to talk about this guy next. Yeah, I mean, Last go guy. ahead. You sound excited. Oh, I'm so excited to talk about 2017 first round pick DJ Wilson. My God, this guy sucks. Oh wow! <laughs> like there were such high like expectations in terms of like potential because we saw like oh maybe this guy could be an elite defender. There were actually like cries to like play DJ more. Okay. He, he, when he played now after that, he's just bad. Can't shoot. His shot looks like a horse drinking water. It's just <laughs> I don't I don't understand how he wasn't cut to keep Dragon Bender. Yep. Well, you know, cash moves everything around me. It's like have fun in Detroit. <laughs> like um, if he's gonna 
if he if they don't attach him in like a trade or something, I feel like he's getting cut. We'll see. Um, it would be dead money. We know how the Bucks feel about any sort of a waste of money. What they Do already you... have tons of dead money. That's oh yeah, but I guess yeah, I guess I don't really care they, about that. They'd that keep much. it under the cap, but they'd keep the dead money. It's <sighs> depressing. Do you want to hear a fun stat? And this is something that I'll just say people, um, but like folks, very, it's not really, it's not a source. It's not a source, but just like people who end up watching a lot of G league games kind of think it's fun and not fun, but interesting, funny. So DJ Wilson has played over three years, 22 games with the Wisconsin herd. And in those games, the herd are, despite like having an NBA player on the team who takes plenty of shots and averages 16 and six and two and a half assists in that time, the herd are six and 16 with TJ Wilson uh, down in Oshkosh, um, which is like really bad for especially was, a team. What was his, that one game where he had a pl- like a negative plus minus of like negative, like a billion in the G league. Yeah. Um, let me, Oh, he's minus 41. Yep, that's what I'm talking about. Uh, he was also minus 37 once. Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah. Um, just. So did they really have an NBA player on their team? Supposedly. Allegedly. It, you know, like, as the transaction works, functionally, yes, they did. Um, it was logged as Yeah, as it was Frank assignment. Mason, right? <laughs> Fair enough. Um, no, actually, not for some of those games were in 2018. Yes. They're really, really bad ones, but. Um. Yeah, just like one of those. Sorry, like Xavier Munford, right? Yes. Good. Look at you. Yes. Uh, probably. But guys bounce around really fast in the G League. But where was it? Oh, um, like if you squint, like the tools <laughs> of an NBA player are like roughly there. Bro, you'd have I mean, to again, be looking at him in like one P. <laughs> you are aggressively. It's just like I, I don't know. Sorry, continue. He played good defense on Blake Griffin for six consecutive minutes once, <laughs> and that, that was enough for Bucks fans to be all in. It's, who knows? It might not have been him. Blake might have been, like, hurt or something. I mean, like, guys just miss shots sometimes. Yeah, you know, I mean, they, they go through cold stretches. Um, Blake was cold with DJ in his vicinity for six <laughs> minutes once and tired, and he was battling injuries. Um, he's always battling injuries. Never has been able to shoot the ball, I think. With the Bucks this season, twenty four point seven percent on seventy three threes, um, not a has not really been a winning player. Um, has not not always made the best decisions. I mean, he comes basketball. in when the Bucks are winning by like a billion. So I guess if that counts as being a winning player, it, that's fair. That's fair. Um, Rashad yeah, just, Vaughn Memorial role. Oh, shot. I really did think Shotty was going to be good. Same. Do you remember the, the joke Jason Kidd told when they drafted DJ Wilson? Oh, no. I don't remember exactly what it was, but I remember it was terrible. So they asked about his rebounding because DJ Wilson had really bad college rebounding numbers for his size, especially like, I mean, college, everyone is small. He averaged 5.3 rebounds per game at Michigan despite playing 30 minutes a game and being a full-time starter. And again, being 6'9". And Jason Kidd's just like, yeah, he'll fit in here perfectly. <laughs> and like, yeah, it turns out he's not good at rebounding. That doesn't help NBA teams if, if one guy just really can't rebound. Um, yeah, it's just like... He's only a year younger than Giannis. Yeah, 24 years old. Almost 25. In February. I guess, yeah, I guess February is coming up. Time is time is broken, but 
17th overall pick. And I remember I really, oh no, this, is, this was a different draft. Never mind. I, was, I thought this was the, um, Trez. I thought this was Bobby Portis. Oh no, that was Rashad Vaughn. That was shoddy. Yeah. I really wanted Bobby Portis, but in this draft, I mean, really rough string of names right after DJ Wilson. Oh wait, like, I'm pulling it up right now. I'll read them. So oh, TJ no. Leaf, TJ Leaf is like, and TJ Leaf is not very good. Maybe better, but not very good. Then John Collins, who's like nearly an all-star. Harry Giles, who's very intriguing. Terrence Ferguson, who's an NBA wing player. Uh, probably not for long. No, I think Terrence Ferguson. Uh, did you see the news? No, I didn't. Uh, he's going to be in a lot of legal trouble. I'll say that. Oh, no. I, when did this come out? Uh, like yesterday, I think. Oh, my God. I totally missed that. Okay, never mind. Um, but like... Jared you know, Allen. At, at time of the draft, Terrence Ferguson was good. Jared Allen, who's, yeah, like a really good center, really great pick and roll, really great defender. <sighs> 23, this one really hurts. Mm-hmm. OG. OG Ananobi. With the Bucks pick. This is actually like a pretty stacked uh, end of the first round. Yeah, Kyle Kuzma, Derek White. Josh Hart? Yeah, Josh Hart, Frank Jackson. Yeah, Wes Awundu? Wes Awundu is that young? Frank Mason? Yeah. Uh, Jordan Bell? Jordan Bell's, Bacon? Tra- Jordan Bell's not good. No. Thomas Bryant, though. Yeah, no, that's fair. Dylan Brooks? Sterling Brown. Yeah. Monte Morris. Yeah. Wasn't oh wait, where, where, oh 51. I thought he was 60. No, yeah. Um yeah, some real players here. And also DJ Wilson. Yep. Uh yeah. Funny that Justin Patton went to pick before him. Yeah, that is funny. I thought he had a foot injury, right? That's what kind of yes. made him drop. Yes, it is. Because I he was like he was gonna be an insane process. I re- oh, I remember this. This is when I wanted them to take Bam. Oh, so and yeah, there's like three picks. Yeah, there's basically a pocket of four picks that were like, eh, Justin Jackson, who's like, okay, Justin Patton, who might be good, but so far really has not done anything in the league. DJ Wilson, TJ Leaf, like the four before that, the five before that, Zach Collins, Malik Monk, Luke Kennard, Donovan Mitchell, Bam Adebayo, then those four guys. Then John John Collins, Harry Giles, Terrence Ferguson, Jared Allen, OG Ananobi. So like, so basically, the Bucks are just bad at drafting. Yeah, like out of those twelve picks, they were in the absolute pocket of suck, and probably had one of the three. Actually, that's very generous. The worst player in that in that run of what twelve picks? Yeah, by far, I think. Yep. Yeah, that's tough. <sighs> this was a good draft. This was a deep draft, and the Bucks had a decent pick in it. And just absolutely fumbled it. Oh yeah, completely fumbled the bag. What I else mean, they didn't they... Philly fumble it, but they did fumble it. I mean, yeah, well, that's fair. They got <laughs> who did they get? They got uh, what's his name? Markel Jonathan Fultz. Simmons. No, Jonathan Simmons for the oh. number one overall pick and like a second yes. round pick. Oh, what a draft! What a Elton draft. Brand, baby. I don't know if Elton Brand was there. No, he didn't make that trade. That was uh, Colangelo. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's a normal collar. Find a new slant. Find a new slant. Ah, <laughs> oh, this is depressing. Yeah, I'm worried the Bucks are going to give us this kind of content. Have you? Did you see? I I only know because Jordan Tresky sent a great tweet about it. Shout out to Jordan. Did you see? Wait, let me pull it up and get which one. Did you see a property purchase pertaining to the Bucks recently? I did. Uh, his variety tweeted Milwaukee Bucks owner Wes Edens lands twenty million dollar Manhattan penthouse via dirt.com, which I mean variety uh, It's variety. Weird. Variety is a very reputable trade. Yeah. Well that like the, the URL on the the cards dirt that's weird. But whatever. Variety tweeted it. 
And then the second picture in Jordan's tweet was Malcolm Brogdon signed an $85 million contract with the Indiana Pacers with an annual average salary of $21 million. So, hey, to be fair, that's only it's the, the penthouse is a one-time cost. You have to pay Brogdon every year. Yeah, one, he saved $1.25 million this year by doing the penthouse instead of Malcolm Brogdon. I mean, yeah. The numbers check out there. They do. God. I'm miserable. Yep. <laughs> this is a uh, really miserable. bad way to end the greats. You know what? You know what's really just a random aside now. Sure. Like it's such a bummer because like we talked about how bad they've been at drafting almost all the time, and like he is really like the one exception outside of Giannis. Like the one time they did find a guy and landed him with a bad pick, like 36 overall. Malcolm Brogdon is incredible. Here's the names around him. Start with the beginning of the second round. Deonta Davis, probably not an NBA player. Ivica Zubox is good. Uh, Czech Diallo, eh. Tyler Eulis, nah. Raid, Raid Zagorak has never played a game. I don't know. Um, Malcolm Brogdon, uh, Onuwaku, Chinanu Onuwaku. Oh, he's the underhand free throw guy. Yeah, I think so. Six total games in the league. Pat McCall, who's not very good. David. Three-time champ, though. That's true. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon could never. David Michinu has never played a game. Diamond Stone, <laughs> former classmate of mine. Uh, Steven Zimmerman, who I thought was going to be really good. and Honestly, never, really never heard that name before. He's a UNLV guy. He was a big, big, big talk around that draft. He was also injured. UNLV guys and being injured. Classic combo. Um, Isaiah Whitehead. Zuki, I think it's pronounced. Sochi. Basically, what I'm saying is everyone around Malcolm Rogan really stinks, except Zubats, who's pretty good. Um and yeah, they finally they finally nailed a value pick, and like, nah. he's gone. Yep. Bye. And we'll see what they do with him this year. Probably draft another terrible player. What, what I, if I were the Bucks, I would just invest solely in picks in the late 30s because that's like you if got I some were success. The Bucks, there. Honestly, I would. Oh boy. Uh, <laughs> I, I would honestly just like just just accept that you're bad at. Uh, drafting picks. I mean, I guess they've already done this. Just like trade your picks. Yeah, like you're not going to get anything of value out of them anyway. That's how you end up with young core colon Dante DiVincenzo. Yes. Yep. You know that's what? It. You know what would be a fun pod? Would it actually be fun? Let's see. No, not that. <laughs> um, like if we both using like the draft pick and like the list of free agents. Like if we both did like our like separate and we didn't tell each other. Mock Bucks off seasons. Ooh, yeah. I, this is interesting. We'll, we'll okay. talk about. That. I like this idea. This is a Me later too. thing, but um, we gotta talk about Culver's. Oh yeah, we do have to talk about Culver's here. So I, I want you to open with this because I feel like I, I have more standard things to say, but I, I'm curious to hear. Like, as a vegetarian, are you just like, what are you pulling up to Culver's to get? Like, what is on the Culver's menu that is appealing to you, Rohan? See. I'm from like I grew up in Port Washington, Wisconsin. If any of you know where that is, um, I would guess like a lot. Of, I won't say ninety percent. A lot of our listeners probably do though. We have mostly in Wisconsin listeners. That's fair. So shouts to everyone outside and inside. Shouts to so everyone. yeah. The Culvers in Port Washington is like it's a place you would go like after band concerts. It's a it's like a, on a summer day if you want to just go by the lake. You just get like a get like a lemon ice or something. It's just a good place to go get some custard. You know? Okay, so it's more than a restaurant. It's a hang. 
Yeah, I mean, like that—that's putting it very strongly. But <laughs> it's it's just it's a solid place to go get some custard, get some food. Like it's it's where you need it to be. And I just I you can't go wrong with just like two scoops of vanilla custard. Correct. Yeah, actually, I I would not get vanilla. I like the I like plain chocolate though. I don't usually experiment I with the see flavors. It, my hot take is that chocolate, like custard ice cream, is trash. Oh wow! I love chocolate. Don't get me wrong. Love chocolate. Love chocolate flavored things. I just chocolate ice cream, chocolate custard, bad. That is a hot take. I think some of it is bad. I think like the, like some of the like the generic like the big pails or tubs of ice cream. Like some of their chocolates are just really half-assed. I think like good chocolate ice cream slash custard though is very very good. I think Culver's has really good. I I do. Like I'm a general mint chocolate chip fan. I don't really get it much anymore though. See, that's and fine. I, like that's that's chocolate in ice cream. That's not chocolate ice cream. Correct. Yeah. And I, I'm not I'm gonna say I'm kinda of jonesing for some now that I've said that, but um I like mint chocolate chip, but I usually just get the plain chocolate. I haven't gotten much custard lately. I gotta fix it. I gotta get more custard. But I'll usually I, I like the what is it, a concrete mixer yes. colors? Yes. Those are good. Yes. Yes, they really are. I like M and M's, and I like uh, like Reese's pieces. Ooh, not yeah. Reese's pieces, but like the crunched like, up yeah. Reese's. Uh, can't go wrong with some Oreo. Yeah, Oreo is really good too. Now I want to go get some Culver's. Yeah, <laughs> Culver's might get two more customers tonight. But food wise, so I do get food there sometimes. I used to be obsessed with the patty melt, which is like a burger, but even less healthy. Um, of course, the butter burger is good. Their chicken sandwich is that they have like a, a they have a, a crispy one like the unhealthier one and they have a like a more healthy like chicken breast I forget what it's called now but their chicken sandwich is good and their fish fry is good even though it's expensive like they actually do fish really well it's just nuts to me like the variety of stuff you can get at a Culver's yeah. and it's good get some curds get some fries yeah the, oh we haven't mentioned the curds the curds are phenomenal and the fries are good too. Can't can't really go wrong. It's like it's a it's a Wisconsin classic, like Culver's with the Wisconsin classic. Yeah, yeah, with the curds, you mean? Yes, yes. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah, you can like you can get anything from like a shake and some curds to like a whole meal. Like they have mashed potatoes, and the mashed potatoes are pretty good. Yeah, I didn't know that. So, like, some of the meals you get, and I don't know if they have any that would be vegetarian off top, but, like, it's one of the meal sides, I'm sure you could just order it, is, like, mashed potatoes. So, if you get, like, the fish fry, you get the fish, and I think you get coleslaw, and you get a dinner roll, and you can pick a side. And one of them is mashed potatoes, and they're pretty good. Huh. The more you know. I did, I did try the pretzel bites with cheese, which is, like, a new menu item recently. Okay. Would not recommend. I shouldn't say that. They're okay. They're not what I was expecting. They're a bit crunchier than I thought, which sounds bad, but they're they're just okay. Okay. I think Probably, I might have had that. I would just get curds if I had the option between the two. The curds are better. Yeah. Oh, now I'm just looking at their uh, like the what you can mix into a concrete mixer and just like v- vanilla custard, obviously. Like I said, I don't <sighs> chocolate. Uh with with the uh, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. With, I use your mouth water. <laughs> no, no. I just had something caught in my throat, actually. With uh, hot fudge and Oreo. Ooh. Ooh. I See, I don't usually do hot fudge, but that sounds good on that. It is. It's very good. Getting the fudge in there is really, it's really good. It's not healthy, like given. No. But, heavens no. 
if you're if you're going to Culver's to get a concrete mixer for health reasons, uh, I think you need to educate yourself. Yeah, I don't think I don't think it's a top five like health place, no matter what you're talking about. I don't think I don't think much on the Culver's except for that chicken sandwich. But I don't think even that like it's healthy for Culver's. Yes. So it's it's just it feels like it feels like comfort. I guess you could say Culver's in terms of being oh, a Wisconsinite. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I feel like I didn't go for, like, not for any particular reason. Like, I just didn't get around to it for quite a while. The line, the one here in Oshkosh is also all, like, there's literally, like, there will be cars sticking out into the street. Really? Like, Dang. waiting to drive through cars. It's insane. But, like, it's worth the wait. Not not that excessive. But, like, when, it's, like, when there's, like, a few cars, it is worth the wait. And it is very, like, I feel like I've been drawn to more to stuff like that as I get older. I guess that's, like, what being old is. Like, I watched a football game at 3 p.m. and drank exactly one beer during it like two weeks ago. And I was like, this is nice. <laughs> wow. I, hey, I don't no, even watch just, football at night. You're enjoying life. Truly. That's why you're weird learning thing. to enjoy it. And we're way over time. And this has nothing to do with anything. I don't like watching football at night. Yeah, that's fair. I don't know why. Like, I just like football on during the day if it's on. I don't seek it out necessarily, but like if it's being watched, I will love to. Pop That's why down I feel the day. like I feel like football has really succeeded in terms of not only just because they have the one day a week model or yeah. one main day a week model, uh, but just like the football starting in the afternoon on a Sunday. It's so cool. Like to just like sit down at noon and just be like because like that you day in. you show ready. Like most people are relaxing. It's a Sunday. You know, so you're yes. just sitting there watching a watching a football game, and it becomes tradition. And it's just like have like maybe the, more than exactly one beer. They so definitely that, and like the food stuff built in, like it's so part because of like you make culture. a day out of it. Yeah, exactly. Like you get your your food, the like game day food. You plan your shopping sure. trips around it. Yep, yep. I got to run to the store at nine. I do the opposite it. now, so I plan my uh, shopping trips on Sundays to go during the Packer game. So that no one's there. I've definitely done that before. I'm not going to lie. It's like, it's very optimal shopping. Oh, it's great. Especially now. Yeah. If you want to avoid the rush of people, just go during a Packer game. I don't know how many of our our listeners are going to take you up on that, but it does work. It definitely can confirm. It does work. I've done it It the past couple weekends. Not this weekend (laughs) because the Packers didn't play, but (laughs) I, I have been doing it. Oh, tips from life tips from Rohan and Ty. What a segment. Yeah. We should we tie that into the food thing. I guess food is terms it, it is life, you know? Yeah, it is. It is. Oh. Yeah, we 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 covered Culver's, right? Do we have anything yeah, more? Yeah, no, we we gotta wrap. What I'm so we, hungry now. <laughs> what do we want to do? <laughs> we'll figure out what we're gonna do next week, but we will do food. For sure. This is a thing. No, oh, yeah. yeah. If anyone has a like a, a preference, drop us a line. Yeah, tweet us. Tweet us. But uh, yeah, otherwise we'll come up with something either way. We're we're gonna talk food. We're f- we're now foodies. We've decided we're foodies on this podcast. We're Wisconsin we're foodies in terms yeah, of the a, basketball landscape adjacent. It's an important that's word. I Wisconsin just said. basketball foodies. That's like that's like when someone posts their book is like a bestseller, and it's like there's like five <laughs> categories deep. We are by far the best Wisconsin basketball foodies podcast, and there's no one close. Quite literally. Yeah, I'll take that title. I'll put that in my Twitter bio. <laughs> I can't wait for it. Uh, yeah. So we will be back with you next week with uh, more food related to, and I guess basketball too. Some Bucks, Bucks related to keep up the basketball adjacent part. Uh, we have to talk Bucks basketball. Uh, 
But yeah, we'll be back with you next week to talk about all that. Make sure you're liking and giving a rating and subscribing on your podcast platform of choice. I've done that two weeks in a row now where I said like uh, becoming a YouTuber. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, make sure you leave a rating, subscribe on your uh, podcast platform of choice. Make sure you're checking out all of the great content across the entire Blue Wire podcast network. And stay safe out there. We will talk to you next time. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.